everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. We have a jam-packed episode for you today. And joining me on this episode is Bradley Ellis. Yo! Michael Huber. Yo! And I will be your next-gen host, Ben Moore. Uh, guys, as we're recording this on a Friday, next week is it. It's next-gen. Mm-hmm. It's something we've been talking about for a very, very, very long time. It's almost here. Simple question. How are you feeling on the eve of next-gen? Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very understandable. Yeah. Uh, good and excited. Tired. But yeah, feeling good, man. It's always exciting to me. Huber, I, I want to know if it's the same for you as it is for me, where I feel like we're, we have a lot to do uh, just within Easy Allies and a lot to cover. But also the election has been exhausting. And so yeah, it's like dude. it's kind of a double whammy of things. I don't know if you're feeling that at all, but like October was the best ever because I just chilled out and watched horror movies every single night. And then as soon as the calendar turned to November, it was like the election, next gen, reviews, everything. So that's how it usually yeah. goes, man. Yeah. When it so comes, it comes all at once. It yeah. feels like totally just a tidal wave of everything. So yeah. Uh yeah, I I'm I'm with you, man. I kind of want to just <laughs> chill out and watch horror movies myself Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i don't know i think something for me is not being able to really experience next gen in person with you guys has made it feel very weird i know it sucks dude um i I think there is there's something about just being in a a space together and kind of going through the games together and, and bouncing ideas off of each other yeah and and not being able to do that being isolated from each other um has made it, has dampened it in a weird way. And it's not next gen's fault, right? It's not, it's not, I'm not saying that as a criticism of PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series S slash X. It's just, I don't know. It feels personally less momentous. It's just more 2020 bullshit, you know? Yeah. Like everyone, I mean, it's an old tired thing. Everyone complaining about 2020, but you're like, yeah, that definitely is involved in it. Yeah. 2020. Uh, one thing that I've noticed that helped for me is that Kristen is also really interested in next gen. So I've been mm. able to hype things up with her, which really helps. Yeah. Do you like, does Abby get involved with it at all with you, Ben or Huber's Beth? Uh, Keep tabs on it with you. Brad, that's a really good question. So Abby has gotten really into games. We've actually been playing. I'll talk about it more this episode. A lot of dead by daylight together. And she really oh, wow. likes that, and she's uh, she's enjoyed watching that, and so that's been fun. So we have a lot of games that we share together. We're also playing Resident Evil Remake together, which has been fun. But uh, in terms of technology, we kind of joke. There was a long time where she's like, well, why do you need Blu-rays? Like, I can't tell the difference between Blu-rays <laughs> and DVDs, right? Like, Or, or like, mm-hmm. why do you need 4K? And it's just that that sort of stuff to her is just not a big deal. She's gotcha. like, I can't, I don't care i don't really notice it and so i i don't i don't think there's anything in next gen that she's super excited about we didn't play spider-man together so maybe we'll play miles morales together and we'll see but uh she's just kind of all about the games yeah same. sure same with that same can't can't tell the difference between like blu-ray and standard def <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do the side-by-side thing with her yeah. that would help a lot uh this this is way back when I was uh, freelancing for game trailers, I went and I visited Abby, and she lived in a really tiny town called uh, Washington, Washington, Iowa. And she had the worst internet ever. Oh, and it, no. what really highlighted like the difference in our priorities is like I needed to do, I needed to have internet to do freelance work, 
and the internet went out and she's just like, oh yeah, this just happens all the time. I just like read a book or something. And I was freaking out. I was like, no, like, we, have to, we have to fix this. Like, if I'm staying here, I need to, I need yeah. internet to work. But uh, yeah, it was that. just funny. We laugh about there's, it. There's something I envy about that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we're mm-hmm. so dependent on technology a lot. Yeah. Definitely. Feels like the end of the world when you have internet. Yeah. And it's like, most of the time it's like, oh, just chill out or something. Right. Relax. Yeah, I do. It, it is. It's it's like kind of anxiety inducing in a way that's mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, I definitely yeah, agree with that. Yeah, how dependent we've become on it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> with that out of the way, let's talk about things that involve screens. Let's not waste any time. Let's open up the banger review copy provided by PlayStation. Brad, you have finished uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Sure I haven't have. gotten a chance to play it. Huber's not gotten a chance to play it, but you've played it. Tell me yeah. about it. Um, I was Morales, so I know you guys are big fans of the other, what was it, Marvel's Spider-Man, I think. Insomniac's Marvel's Spider-Man. Insomniac, crazy name. Uh, Yeah, so this is a continuation of that story. It takes place after it. Uh, You are not Peter Parker in this one, as everyone knows. You're Miles Morales. Um, It definitely feels like a nice little jump from Spider-Man, but not quite in a jump where I'm like 1 to 2. It feels like a 1.5, but not in a bad way. Where it feels like way more, like, it keeps the spirit and the formula of the first game, but just more refined all around. Uh, Miles plays, he, like, feels a little different than Peter. He has, like, less abilities, I would say, Peter, but it makes sense where he's at in the story. I don't really want to get, like, too deep into story or anything like that, because, you know, no one's been able to really play this. But, just general thing, I would say, if you like Spider-Man, the past one, you're going to be very pleased with this game. Sure. Brad, what was, like, the main takeaway that was, like, yo, this is this is PS5 Spider-Man that was my versus question as well, when yeah. you were sure. originally... Like, what was the, I mean, the thing? Or visual. Were there any? Visual. Mm-hmm. Like, I noticed, like, one thing I just noticed, I haven't played the original Spider-Man since it came out pretty much, but I noticed how many just people were on the street. And, like, I played, so there's two modes you could play, the 60 FPS... Like, I think it's 4K still mode, and there's the 4K enhanced graphics with, like, ray tracing puddles and all that stuff. So I played mostly on that thing just to see the way the game looked. And, man, that game looks really good at a lot of stuff. And I was noticing, I was watching things, like, load. I remember in old games, loading, just going really fast through stuff. And it's just, like, there's nothing, like, you could say, this game's loading right now. Even, like, fast travel. You do a fast travel thing, it's, like, one, two, you're there. It's Jeez. like three seconds. You're there. It's so legit. Um, in terms of like investment in the character and mm-hmm. the story, how would you say it compared to Spider-Man? Because I, I would say that was a big takeaway for a lot of people is the storytelling. In yeah, Spider-Man. for sure. So I'm not super familiar with Miles Morales mm-hmm. as a character. I haven't seen any of the Spider-Verse. I didn't really know anything about him. Sure. But I think they do a good job of like, obviously the game is shorter. It's mm-hmm. a smaller game. It doesn't flesh out Miles maybe as much as Peter got, but I think they do a really great job of exploring Miles, where he's at in life, his motivations for doing everything that he does. Does he feel dramatically different from Peter? He has like a few abilities. So I'm trying to, he has gadgets like Peter. He only has four gadgets though. I think Peter had eight or something like that, Mm -hmm. but he has these venom attacks which essentially like been like a meter you can burn. Okay. Just build up a meter in combat. And he can like have his electric powers uh, get involved. So you can like do some electric punch or some slam on the ground with electric abilities like that. Uh, did you, did you find the game pretty 
easy, especially having already played through Spider-Man? Um, yeah, I think difficulty-wise, it's probably on par with the past one. There is harder difficulty. I didn't play on the hardest one yet. Okay. I played on the second hardest. And so is I'm all sure that stuff is. available at the gate? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep, yep, cool. yep. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so you can just do what you want. Yeah, you, you're, you're right, Brett. I really liked the original Spider-Man, and I, I'm super... That's such a weird thing to say, the original Spider-Man, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to dig into Miles Morales, and I think it's kind of in that perfect thing where it's like yes i'm excited about new consoles and yes i'm like not sick of this take on spider-man like i'm ready Mm -hmm. for more it's like in a perfectly prime position um and so i feel like i feel like i'm going to like it no matter what but i remember uh one of my critiques one of my one of the biggest takeaways that i had from spider-man an area that i i thought they could have improved on is i remember thinking the boss battles were just okay um, instead of yeah. being like these these sort of unforgettable encounters, they were just they were just whatever. They didn't really do anything too interesting mechanically. Mm-hmm. Is is that the I, same case here? I so I think they're fine. I think they're they're enjoyable enough. Where I was like, oh, it's like somewhat involved. You know, you got a few things you could do in this fight. It's not gonna like from our standards of like what we love from boss fights. It may not reach those heights of like blowing you away or anything. But I think it's really solid. Mm-hmm. It's so it like Ben. It's hard for me to compare it against the old Spider-Man boss fights because it's been so many years since I've played that. Mm. But definitely in these fights, I was like having to pay attention at least. You know, I'm like okay, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. <laughs> was Sp- this is a this is a 2020 moment right here? Was Spider-Man 2018 or 2019? I think it was 2018. Because okay. 2019, yeah, it was not 2019. It's 2018. I, we're in a time that feels both. Impossibly fast and impossibly slow. Sure. The same yeah. exact moment. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, it's like we're in a uh, from software game. 2018, dude. Ben. 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite things of, of Spider-Man, the first one, was was the suits. Just getting the suits yeah. um, and how oh, yeah. how out there they went with some of the suits. Like and and just seeing that character dressed up like that. Like, I, I think that was an area that they really went above and beyond in. Uh, does that continue here? Is there oh, as yeah. much to the collect? Trend, the trend continues. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. I don't know if there's as many suits as Peter's, but there's quite a few. Okay. Like, I haven't even got them all. There's still a couple I can get. Nice. But, like, some things are smaller scale, like your max level, I think, is 20 now. Okay. As opposed to 50. But there is New Game Plus, I think. And you can get some extra abilities in there. Uh, one thing I kind of want to bring up that I forgot to is one thing I liked about this game is kind of some of the side quests. So pretty much all your quests are handled through or a lot of the quests are handled through like this uh, this app on your phone mm-hmm. and people can request things of Peter or sorry, Miles. It's some of them are, you know, like beat up thugs, but some of them are just like small, like things about helping out your community, mm. like him trying to like help a local business or something like that. Just a really small, like maybe not huge grand scale things, Love but just smaller stuff. crimes. Cause he's like, it's awesome. He's still like a much younger Spider-Man. He's still like kind of like figuring things out. He's not a pro yet. Like friendly Peter's. neighborhood Spider-Man. Exactly. That They really <laughs> emphasize like he is your friendly neighborhood, local superhero looking out for the community. Does that, I guess, build in any, any way? Like as you Somewhat. help out your community, do you? Somewhat. Do you I get... don't like your like city like doesn't level up or anything like sure. cra- like gamey, I guess like that. But like narratively, I guess kind of maybe. Cause that's, it's hard for me to go into detail about that because I don't really want 
say anything. Sure. Yeah. That, that's actually something else about the first Spider-Man that was interesting where I like did everything in that game or enough to get the platinum anyway. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily because I, I thought like all the side stuff was amazing. I just enjoyed playing the game so mm-hmm. much. There was something about those characters and the traversal that I was in, even if a lot of that stuff was pretty repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you think Miles Morales does a better job of incentivizing you through its storytelling <clears throat> to engage with that yeah, side stuff? Yeah, I guess, because I think the game's smaller scale, so it didn't feel as repetitive to me. Sure, okay. Like, one thing that, that drove me crazy about the first game was, like, just that, the cutscene of you stopping, like, a car, mm-hmm. like, a hundred sure. times in the yeah, game. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. It's, like, the same exact cutscenes. Like, not as much of that in this game, I felt like. Like, I didn't run into too many instances where I'm like, okay, here, because... I'm doing the same thing for the hundredth time. Right. I haven't done everything yet, but I haven't hit that point yet. You mentioned um, just visually it it looking good, and you mm-hmm. mentioned the loading times. Um, as far as like dual sense specific stuff, uh, did you did it, does it use like yeah. haptic feedback pretty well? Yeah, it does. So like especially with web swinging, you know, you get a little tension when you're pushing down on the oh, trigger nice. button to swing, where nice. you can feel a little pushback. So it, it definitely feels like you're more engaged with it that's cool that's yeah um so now you know we have spider-man we have the dlc for spider-man and we also have sort of this 1.5 but not in a bad way as you referred to it uh if they were to announce like next month like hey we're making spider-man 2 you know it'll be a full-fledged sequel Mm -hmm. it'll be out 2021 are you still hungry for more in 2021? Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, that's geez. obviously not going to happen, but I'm just... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, dude, I'm down to be Spider-Man. I think sure. what really helps those games is just how well they play mm-hmm. and how good of a job they do capturing you feeling like Spider-Man. Yeah. So I think the gameplay is strong enough where I'd be willing to go back. Brad, you said you had to uh, pay attention in the boss fights. Do you have to pay attention in the encounters at all? I mean, like, yeah, pretty, there's like... Because like, uh, the first one I remember, like, I played the like, first one on hard. Yeah. So, so like... I remember the DLC, the second DLC was like combat focused and it was nuts. So you had to like use all your arsenal, like get the rockets uh, out of there, dodge all around. I mean, there's Is stuff it- like that. There's, I don't think it's going to be like, if you're looking for something crazy, if you're looking like for some like Devil May Cry shit or something like that, it ain't going to be there for you. <laughs> Definitely. There's a lot you could do and there's a lot to play with. There was enemies where you're like, obviously some tactics work better, but I was never like, sweating playing okay. this game i wasn't playing on the hardest difficulty so i don't know but and i didn't play the second spider-man dlc so i don't know do you still go down pretty easy if like you get yeah if you, if, like if you get shot like you feel times. it yeah definitely nice. like you I gotta like, like you can't just be like a bullet sponge yeah i love that i love that uh brad i i feel like miles morales uh more than any other game is kind of being like the poster child for its console mm-hmm. um Especially since, you know, no one's really, we haven't gotten too deep into Demon Souls yet. Do you, do you think it, it is a good showing for the, for the PS5? Or are you like, wow, this is, this is really convincing me on the next generation? Compared to their past history, yes. Mm. I would say this is one of their better launch games they've ever had. You, you, and like, when you say they, you mean Sony? Sony, yeah. Okay. Definitely Sony. Okay. I mean, because like Microsoft doesn't really have anything either that's like for this system only kind of thing. Sure. Especially with stuff getting delayed, which sucks. But yeah, I think this is like a 
this is like definitely one of the must pickups if you're if you're getting a PS5. Right, and I, I of course Spider-Man Miles Morales is also on PS4, but uh, yeah, I, I think the way people are talking about it with the load times, uh, with things mm-hmm. like the hardware ray tracing, that it is being dual sense. Yeah, yeah dual sense. Yes, yeah. as well. It's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is kind of being a, a PS5 poster child. Mm-hmm. It's an easy recommend for everyone. It has uh, to me, this game has mass appeal. Yeah. I think, that's, to anybody. I think that's exactly where you want to be in next gen is you want that easy recommendation. You don't yep. want to like, I, <laughs> I feel like you could say to anybody that was interested in next gen, like if, like if any of your family members or like friends that you haven't seen in a long time, or they're like, Hey, I'm getting a PS five. I don't know what to get. Like it's the easiest recommendation ever. Yeah. And I think that's an feel, extremely beneficial place to be in. I feel like every human on earth, I could recommend Spider-Man to yeah. the, the PS4 one. Like, do you, the, would you, so would you recommend it to Willem Dafoe, the Green Goblin? Dude, yes. <laughs> oh my God. And I would be like, why did they call me for this? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, can I please Spider play Man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, to me, I'm the most excited about Demon Souls out of all the games, but mm. Spider Man to me is by far the, uh, the easiest choice for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I could recommend that game to anybody and feel good about it. Easy fun. Easy fun, yeah. <laughs> Huber is uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Easy fun. Oh, <laughs> dude, the sigh. Okay, lot let's of hear it, thoughts. Dude. Lot let's of thoughts it. on Watch Dogs Legion. Um, let's start with the good stuff. Good stuff is, whoa. Good stuff is hacking. Uh, really like hacking. Obviously, love in, like that's what got me into the series was going around an open world and just being able to stealth into places and hack and fight. Uh, just like the tools you have are really fun to use. Mm-hmm. Um, man, where do I begin with Watch Dogs Legion? It's such a beast of a game. Seems like a massive undertaking that game. Hubert? It's not. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. Well, I was just going to say to help you out, it was something Watchdog Legion is in a weird place for me where I think when I when we first kind of saw them unveil it, I was like, this seems really interesting and ambitious and cool. And then kind of the more that I saw, I just slowly lost motivation to check it out. Um, I don't know if that's justified. I don't know if it's it's a game that you really need to dig into the details to appreciate. I don't know, but it just looked less appealing the more of it that I saw. Yeah, let's just dive into the main gimmick, right? Is the recruitment of your your team. And it starts out pretty cool. You know, you have your own ragtag crew. You know, I love recruiting people in, in anything. So the novelty in the beginning was pretty fun. But it wears out quick. I was not... By the end of this game, they were all disposable. They all felt so similar. Mm. There's like not enough voice acting to be convincing. So many of these people sound the same, look the same. They're like background information is so vague and, and meaningless. So like nobody really has a backstory. Like a strong identity. Yeah. So... It just made me miss Marcus from two and even Aiden Pierce from one. I will take a vengeful <laughs> retribution mission for revenge over just these random, like nothing. They're mm-hmm. just, they're just like dragon's dogma pawns. 
So, Ooh, yeah. Well, at like least it, with Dragon's Dogma Ponds, you have beams, you know, you have. Yeah, you have at least some, they're memey. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I recruited this construction worker, Sally, Sally Wachowski, and she can like summon a cargo drone. And this cargo drone is easily the most useful item in the entire game. So eight out of 10 times, I would just be her, use it, fly in, do the thing, bounce. And because everyone plays so similar, like there was no penalty for kind of leaning into her cargo drone. Like everyone has a phone and can hack. Everyone can beat the these people these people up easily. Everyone can use guns and gadgets. Like the only real difference with these characters are a few minor perks that really had no impact on my game whatsoever so she has the cargo drone she can summon there's a like i recruited a, a bare knuckle boxer he can take a little more melee damage and also can like stun enemies a little bit but like even this random no no background into like martial arts or hacking that i know of this random construction worker off the street is just like can do everything that everyone else can do basically so there it just didn't lean into the idea of recruiting as much as I wanted it to. And Man. when to 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 dig into it a little more too, the whole the whole concept of like oh you can walk in walk anywhere, recruit anyone, mm -hmm. anyone off the street. No thanks. <laughs> no. Like you 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 scan these people off the street and they have like one perk or no perks like so much fodder everywhere uh and then like so to get like the technically good ones you just clear a burrow which is like a section of the map really easy actually not 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 that hard to do super easy you, you take a burrow over and so when you, give when you do you, this is it like hacking certain points is it taking out enemies yeah it'll be like it'll be like take out a vip hack a base so like super uh, generic open world super stuff. generic open world tasks and then you'll when you finally take over a bureau it'll like give you a spy or an anarchist or like someone with like good perks mm -hmm. but even those are not necessary mm. So I just did not connect with the group and the recruitment. I just really wanted a character to get behind. And, you know, the, the idea is there. The idea of, like, people off the street taking down the fascist government, like, freeing the city. Mm -hmm. The idea is there. It just, to me, it didn't go in hard enough on making each of these characters memorable. You know what this, this reminds me of uh, is Shadow of Mordor, where yeah. like, uh, the, the nemesis system is, is really too, cool. Man. Yes! But uh, yes. The, the, the problem is, is that like, if you have played stealth games before or you can like reasonably counter in combat yeah. like yep. it doesn't it doesn't really matter that much it so ends up easy. feeling very similar and that's what it, it sounds like in launch dogs legion where you you hear this idea and it's really enchanting but it's mm -hmm. like it's almost afraid of limiting you in order to make the game more interesting and and yep. and making making these characters have really significant weaknesses and and really forcing you to engage with all of the mechanics. Yes, Ben. Uh, 
dude, I died. So permadeath is there too, which I thought was going to be awesome because it's is like, that just a, a, it's a, like a toggle thing. It's a toggle. Okay, I, I think it recommends it. I know they. I know Ubisoft recommends it, but the permadeath threat was like looming large, and I was like, so like in the beginning, I I was thinking, yo, I want to keep my starter. I don't want to lose them. By like hour five, hour six, I was like, whatever. Lost a couple people. Mm. I think I lost like three or four people throughout. Never once even got arrested. Mm. Never engaged with that entire system. Never recruited an old person. They were ta- they were hyping up this, oh, you get the old lady in there and have her <laughs> infiltrate. Yeah. Didn't engage. And like, I tried so hard. I didn't want to only use one person so sometimes when i did use the construction worker and finished a mission sometimes i would like swap over kind of get more people in there you know really embrace the the systems and then you know i was like beating my head against the wall sometimes where it's like wow to get in here i have to like get this key from this person hack this door use a spider bot here or construction worker fly over the wall and- <laughs> <I see. laughs> yeah. oh man so it's like Maybe everyone should have had the construction drone, but everyone should have been, should have had more pros and more cons in my, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. That's what I would have liked is like, yo, if you bring her in, you're going to have that construction drone, but she can't fight for shit, you know, or like she doesn't have health and she goes down. It just didn't Yeah, this game sounds like it gives you way too many options, but in the end, nothing works out too well because there's too much to be properly balanced. Mm hmm. That's a real drag, man. When you're when this game that gives you this promise of like recruit anyone, but at the same time, it's like you don't feel incentivized to, Mm -hmm. except you feel guilty because you're not doing it. Yeah, that sucks. It doesn't seem like the the actual like level or encounter design goes out of its way to do anything either. It's it's the classic Ubisoft open world AI where you're you're taking over a base and like two guards will be at the front gate looking the other way while you're oh. in the base going crazy and yeah. they're just like standing there just hmm. so so dumb ai um i'm i'm bashing on it hard cuz i really like the series but i will say to to go the other way the praise i mostly liked the story mostly oh. really liked it uh there are some really cool details in it. Like, if you like this series, I don't think it's as strong as as two. I haven't played one in a long time, but I, I I'm always a sucker for a revenge mission. Uh, there are like a bunch of mini arcs, and then like the overarching, and uh, some of the mini arcs are pretty cool. And it doesn't overwhelm you with side missions. Uh, it, it's there's just a few side mission chains. It's not like side missions everywhere on the map. It's like you can do a chain of missions for a couple people uh, extra, so that's not not too overwhelming. Hmm. And London is cool, really cool city. To circle back around to the story, I, I think with mm-hmm. the, the you know you said that the character you would much rather have kind of like a central figure to rally behind. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it? I guess digging into the story that made you positive on it. If you don't have that central figure, the <laughs> the state of the world in this series what people are doing with technology Mm. what people are capable of using like with this technology it is there are some really good moments 
in the story. Uh, just really, really dark, really bleak. Um, yeah. Do you, I don't want to go too into it, right. but it's like pretty intense. Do you think that stuff is, is interesting because it's believable? You know, kind of like the best of, of Black Mirror or... or Yeah, yeah. Just because it's, it's pretty smart. Okay. I thought, I thought the dialogue was not great, but the story was smart. You know what I mean? The details... In the story, what some people were doing, mm-hmm. I really liked. Like, oh, that's creepy and crazy and cool and mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but then it's just like your dumb avatar walks in and is like, blah, 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 and then just kind of kills the mood. And <laughs> is, is there a like, lot of I repeated f- dialogue? <laughs> repeated voice acting, repeated accents. A lot of people sound similar. A lot of people just don't sound like how they look. It's just bizarre. Everything is procedurally generated. Um, how does it, it's just weird? And you, what did you play this on PS4? Yeah, just PS4 okay. Pro. How, visually, what did you think of it? It was struggling mm. for sure. Struggling in terms of frame rate or just visuals. Um, I spent a lot of my time flying on the cargo drone, so just like. Looking out into the distance, you know, kind of blurry, a lot of pop in. When you go into some interiors, it looks really good. Uh, it runs well, even on even on current giant. It, it, it was a pro though, so that that definitely helps. Um, runs well, looks looks good, but I want to see it on next gen. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, with all this down talk, because I'm invested in the story, I still. I'm intrigued for the, like their DLC is coming down the line. I'm still yeah. intrigued about the story. Um, I just, I just like the world and I like government sketchy government using technology to like subjugate you. It's just like, I'm into it. Uh, I'm intrigued. It's just my least favorite of the series. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I have to say, you know, you have, I think you have that attachment to Watch Dogs driving you forward as somebody who does not like my, my number one interest was this is a cool concept. How well does it execute Mm -hmm. on it? And, and it just, it just sounds super disappointing. Like it's really, yeah, it really was. It was really just the, that the entire concept of the game is built around. Let me down. Mm. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's sick. Yeah, you mentioned um, just shady uses of technology and, and how that is used to manipulate people. And I wonder if just cyberpunk will fulfill <laughs> that yeah. void. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Probably. We'll They're see. probably going to be doing the same shit. Yeah. Like some of the stuff was cliche, but it's still. Yeah. I'm super into it. Cliche can be fun sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think... The danger about those kind of stories is because we are so rooted in technology, which you kind of talked about at the beginning of the podcast, mm-hmm. I think when you try to offer commentary on it, it can be kind of relevant in the moment, but then quickly gets outdated. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like that was an issue here, that it felt like pretty pretty relevant to what was going on. For sure. For sure. Um some good like documents you find those were those were reasonably well written mm. uh it just comes down to to these archetype characters sure. you can't like you just can't get the emotional investment when it's just blank avatars everywhere that, that's just how i feel you know it's not yeah. this one 
voice actor taking over this role and living in it and getting in it. It's just this procedurally generated thing. It's because like, like some parts just didn't make sense, Ben. Like I was, a, I was my spy character. Mm-hmm. I brought my spy character on the spy mission and the spy NPC was telling my spy what a spy is. And my character was like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, just not embracing what he even is. He's a spy and he's acting confused about spycraft. Like, right. You just, you, uh, they just, they just feel like, like, <laughs> you know, like game board pieces at that point. Like, they're, yeah. not, they're not characters yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's a That's disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing. This is, this is what I thought the game would be, but unfortunately, it is kind of what it ended up to be, I guess. Yeah. It, still had still had some fun again to close yeah. it out. Oh, still had sure. still had fun going through uh, London's cool open world and uh, the overall story. I'm I'm still invested. Any interesting online stuff? Because I remember in Watchdog One that was something that they that was kind of a feature of it. Is it's just it's n- not out yet. Not out yet. Okay. okay not out yet. Oh. I believe it is next month so or next when next gen launches. It's oh. coming. It's coming. It's coming soon. They said. I, okay. I don't know the exact date. It's either when next gen launches or next month early. I want to say December third. Do you know I, what I that entails at all? There's a spider bot deathmatch mode, which sounds pretty fun. Those were really fun. There were not enough of those. These spider bot missions where you like take your spider bot up the Tower of London. It's really cool. Nice. Like platforming. Uh, there's that. And there's co-op. One to four player co-op. Like missions. You can even mm-hmm. do co-op. Like the open world co-op uh, in London together. Hmm. It's been really interesting. It, 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 it seems like with so many major games that you know they come out and then they kind of have a resurgence when their online mode comes out a little later mm-hmm. down the line. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll probably check. I'll check it out mm-hmm. like on PS Five or something because I think it's a free free upgrade. Sure. When you get so. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I've been playing, pretty much just mostly playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, not Yakuza Let's Seven over here. Yeah, I have I have a lot to say about this game. Um, I like it. I definitely like it a lot. I think um, Hubert kind of bounce off what you were saying about uh, Watch Dogs. It it has the opposite thing going on where I am extremely invested in the central cast. Um, I do have some reservations. I I think um, with the battle system and definitely with, with the pacing and how they tell some of the stories that both feel kind of rooted in long-term series problems that I've experienced before (laughs) with Yakuza and like, Weirdly, it becoming a JRPG, like it, it seems like it's taking on some JRPG package as well. So I don't, I don't think it nails all of that stuff. Uh, but going back to the storytelling, I was actually really worried at first. So I'm, I'm uh, inching my way to the end. Uh, there's a lot to engage with in this game. There's so much to do. Uh, but I'm inching my way to the end. I'm about thirty hours in, and at first I was like, oh no, like. The way, and I don't want to go into the details, but the way that they set up the story, I was like, we've done this before, Yakuza. Like, we've, we've done this story before. Don't do this again. Uh, and I was actually really worried, but it, once you kind of get out of those opening chapters, um, things really start to change uh, in, in terms of the narrative and character development for the better. Um, and 
one of my favorite things about Like a Dragon is Yakuza... The Yakuza games always have a great cast, but I feel like a lot of times it's very focused on the protagonist, right? And so, like, you think about Yakuza 0, whether you're doing Kiryu's storyline or Majima's storyline, it's not that they aren't interacting with other characters and don't have great moments, but they're, they're dealing with a lot of things kind of by themselves, right? You're fighting kind of by yourself a lot. You know, you're doing boss battles by yourself. And I think something that Like a Dragon does that's so good is sort of the three main characters all feel equally important to the story. It's not just the main character that is getting all the attention. Obviously, he's the one, Kasuga is, is kind of the one that is rallying the troops. He's definitely the hero of the story. But I would say the people that he's he's leaning on the hardest they all bring something to the table and and they're there every step of the way. And so as you're kind of uncovering this mystery, and the mystery is really, really, really good. Um, it, 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 this is something that Yakuza has done a good job at, but I think it's always impressive watching one of these stories unfold and just how intricate the web is, where you're like, wait a minute, this thing that was mentioned 20 hours ago, that's how it connects to this thing. And this person is double-crossing this and this connects into this. Like it just... Those revel those constant revelations, and it feels like every chapter you're getting some new big revelation, is really great. And everybody, it feels like, is wrapped up in that in a meaningful way. And so you're kind of going through this together. And they do so many things to emphasize kind of that communal aspect. You know, here where you talk about bonds all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you've mentioned it with Yakuza before, but here I think it, it happens quite literally where, like, you'll be walking around town, right? And you'll just get a dialogue prompt and it'll be like, oh, I'm going to have a conversation with my party members about how this statue kind of funnily looks like one of the guys in my party. And it's just like a moment where you just kind of stop and take stock of things. And as you battle with them, as you eat with them, as you do different activities with them, you'll kind of raise your bond level with these characters. And then when you go kind of back to this bar that is your hub, you can go and have conversations with them and it will go into their individual storyline. And so like you'll get a, you'll get a piece of it and it it's really fascinating uh, kind of how it plays out because you'll, you'll get into it and you'll be able to pick an option as you're going through, you know, an individual character storyline and the option that you pick will raise one of your stats like, Oh, by choosing this, that was a smart decision. So you raised your intellect or you raised your style. And then those stats, influence other things like there's people that you can talk to and it's like oh i can't get any farther with this person unless my style is is up enough Mm. and so there's so many ways that the game feels like it's feeding back in on itself where it's like by participating in this with this character and furthering their story i'm developing this stat that will open up these other opportunities and it's just like the game is is connected in in ways where it's like what I'm doing matters not just on its own, but it matters because it's feeding into other things. And I know that's something dude. that you've talked about with Yakuza before as well. Here. Yes, dude. Yes. The way everything feeds in on itself is like the most satisfying part, dude. When you have like, you're talking about all these awesome characters that you're invested in yeah. and you're invested in your gear and your stats and your right. levels, like perfect storm of a 10 out of 10. Yeah. and <laughs> And something that I think, like a dragon really puts other games to shame on and it's not 
everything, right? Like I don't, I don't want to overstate it, but I don't want to understate it either. Cause there, there are some things there's like this part-time hero stuff that you can do. And it's basically like a side job and you can just like go and deliver items and just get into fights and they don't really have a strong story attached with them, but almost everything else does. And that is what is really remarkable about this. So it's like, I already mentioned, you know, raising the bond level, you get into really deep individual stories of people that are in your party, but there's like a Mario Kart mini game. Like it's actually just Mario Kart. It's called Dragon Kart. And when I say it is Mario Kart, I mean it actually like there's coins that increase your top speed there's boost pads (laughs) you get items on the track like a rocket launcher which you can use to blow up people right that's great on its own like that's it's really fun just doing these races and it's a it's a pretty substantial mini game uh in in an expansive rpg but what really makes it sing is there's an entire storyline attached to it right so you're not just doing these pocket circuit racing right you're not just doing these races (laughs) Mm -hmm. out of context and again this is a strength of yakuza right like you mentioned the pocket racing and there's there's other examples that you can point to but it like i'm getting jazzed to do stuff not just because it's going to level me up or get me an item but because i'm actually interested in the stories that play out and like the people that you're racing against you know you talked about in watchdogs how uh, a, a big problem of it was just things felt interchangeable or things were blank slates. Like the people that I'm racing about in, in this Dragon Kart mini game, like I go into their stories, like they taught me before and after the race, they have motivation going against me. And it's not necessarily the deepest thing, but this game tries to give you so much reason for doing stuff. Um, there's a really crazy mini game where you go to this old cinema and it's super fun. You're like trying to stay awake during a movie and you have to fight Dude. off you have to fight off these sheep businessmen. And it's like a it's like a mini game where you have to hit directions on the D-pad and, and face buttons on the controller to try to bat away the sheepmen so they don't make you fall asleep. And it's just crazy and and visually pretty fun, but that ties into a story about kind of this cinema that's that's showing old movies and how people don't appreciate it and you kind of get to know the owner there. Um, and that applies to all the sub stories as well. Like it's so much fun doing all these sub stories, uh, and, and, and getting involved with this town. Like it just feels like it has so much life in it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I have questions, Ben. Yeah, go for it. So the biggest, like two things, one is the biggest thing to me is just the combat. Yeah. Is how it's delivered. How does it work? Right. Um, so it, it's very interesting how the combat works. Um, it is it is a turn-based system, so uh, but there's so many nuances to it. So when you go and you attack somebody, you don't have to do anything beyond that. You just hit attack, you select a target, they go and they beat them up. But uh, a lot of your skills that you have have some sort of timing requirement where it's like, mm. okay... For this, you need to mash the X button. I've been playing on Xbox, so that's that's what I'll be saying. You have to mash the X button, and if you mash it enough in time, you'll do extra damage. Or it'll be timing-based, where it's like, okay, when this circle closes, you have to hit Y at the exact time, and you'll do extra damage. And so there's kind of an active system there. It's the same thing with defense. So when somebody comes up and attacks you, um, if you hit the B button at the right time, you'll get a perfect guard, and you'll take less damage and be more resistant to things. Uh, so it's it's... 
it's kind of a, a mix of it, it is turn based, but there's things that you have to do. And right. there's an auto battle mode, uh, which is which is helpful, but the auto battle doesn't take care of those extra prompts. So if you want that extra damage or you want that little bit of extra defense, you still have to do that stuff, even if you put auto battle on. Gotcha. Um, Does that make a big difference, the bonus damage and defense? From like getting the prompts? That is a good question. I think that the technical answer is yes, but it doesn't always feel that way. Um, and I'll kind of circle back around to that. Um, there is some other interesting things uh, with combat as well. So like when you knock people down, so like let's say you just do a basic attack. Well, it's like you may not be getting as much damage with the skill, but this basic attack will knock somebody down. You can have somebody else follow up and hit them while they're on the ground, and they'll do more damage. So those things play into mm -hmm. to it as well. Um, and the environment that you're in also influences how people fight. So let's say there's a traffic cone on your way to get to an enemy. Instead of just using your weapon, you'll pick up the traffic cone and hit them with it. Or if there's bikes, oh, you'll like kick the bikes. And so it's, it's a little finicky. It, it can be hard to manipulate exactly how you want it, but there are times where the environment will play a small part in how combat goes like there was one time i think somebody got hit by a car in combat and i got a, i got an achievement for it so that was pretty funny um how's it uh look and run on yeah what are you playing uh, yeah playing? so i um i have i've been primarily playing the xbox one x version because that's what i have at home but then when i went and got captured for it i played it on the xbox series x so i've put in a few hours in the series x version and it's just it's it's smoother and it's just much faster like the loads are just much faster on xbox series x and so i would say if you can play it on the series x uh that's definitely the way to go J the number one thing being the loads mm -hmm. uh, and how much faster it is but I, I, it hasn't been like, if you don't have that option, I don't think it is vastly inferior. I think it, nice. is, it, it has looked and run perfectly fine on my Xbox One X. Um, to me, they're in the West, at least, they're marking this game kind of, it's not seven here. Yeah. It's like a dragon. So yeah. are they, is this like an appropriate entry point to the series for people, do you think? Yes mostly yes so what i would say is i don't think you need any prior series knowledge to to appreciate the story and or the characters at all they, they really don't lean on prior yakuza stuff in a way that makes it feel remotely necessary you can totally jump in here and it cool. makes sense that they're they're trying to distance themselves from the seven because this this really is a perfect entry point but i think the combat is so excuse me so different that I don't think you could play this and be like, oh, I understand what how the rest of the Yakuza series is. I don't I don't think you yeah. the combat is so different that I, I, it, it, it doesn't substitute for that. But it is a good at the same point at the same time, an entry point um, going back to the combat, though, as much as I like it. Um, and I do want to say a couple of more positive things about it. Uh, so like heat actions are, are a big part of Yakuza. And how dramatic they are, like just stomping on somebody's face on the pavement just never gets old. The battle like system... scraping the oh right. my god, yeah, that scrape. one's good. The yeah. scrape one's good. Uh, <clears throat> it so this game doesn't have heat actions, but basically every skill that you have sort of feels like its own heat action, and things are just so over the top. 
Um, and like just being a chef and just throwing silverware at people or pulling out a portable burner and just like burning them. Like everything is just so ridiculous. There's, there's this thing <laughs> called pound mates where you can spend money to use your cell phone, to call somebody in to like do It's basically like a final fantasy summon, but instead of like, you know, a giant beast, it's like, I'm going to summon in this guy on a motorcycle and he's just gonna like use his motorcycle to to attack them that's awesome or like you level that up you don't level that up but it is a good reason to go and do sub stories because a lot of the pound mates that you get you get from doing sub stories cool i'm hoping one of those is mr shakedown (laughs) no spoilers (laughs) no spoilers yeah yeah yeah. No no spoilers um and like just so this game has a job system as well um that you, you unlock relatively early on where it's like every character that you get kind of has a default job uh but then you can switch that up so it's like i want them to be a a a hostess or i want them to be a chef or i want them to be and all of those have their own uh skills as well and you can go to like (laughs) you 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 go to like this this like job place this like actual job place where people in japan go to get jobs to go and change your job um and you can do that pretty easily and and how you know, ridiculous, a lot of that stuff is, I think, is part of the charm. The battles have worn on me, though. Um, mm. Definitely at 30 hours in, and and well before that, really. Uh, I, I would say a lot of the, the magic of the combat has faded. And, and there are attacks, skills that I get, or things that happen where I'm like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool. But uh, it certainly doesn't have the magic that I was hoping it would have kind of all the way through. I think a complaint that I have with the old Yakuza system is despite a lot of the changes, you know, I I don't think you really have to think too much about combat. Um, It's not that in depth. Like there's certainly some cool stuff there, but I think kind of once you've played a number of these games, things start to feel similar. Mm -hmm. And despite the combat being totally different in like a dragon, things do start to drag and, I think it's because despite there being like all these status effects and like all these enemies with all these different types of skills, I really don't have to do that much to succeed. Um, I feel like I don't have to put that much thought into the skills that I'm picking um, or the jobs that I'm picking. It really hasn't seemed to matter that much. I like I'm able to get through things just fine. And I think the counter argument to that is I have been doing a lot of the side stuff, you know, and I haven't been running away from a lot of battles, but I, I haven't, I wouldn't really say what I've, I've been doing as, as grinding I, outside of like maybe getting a few job levels early on. I haven't like done major, huge grind sessions or anything like that. I've just been kind of playing the game. And I think this is definitely a game that encourages you to go out and, and do side stuff to do the sub stories, to engage with it. Um, they give you plenty of reasons to do that. And as a result, things have just been kind of a breeze. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel myself kind of zoning out um, when it comes to a, a lot of the battles. Mm. And I think uh, another thing that that hurts it is when you're just walking along. Like, you get into fights constantly. Like, there are moments where it's like, oh, I alerted these guys. We got to get into a fight. And then you take a few more steps. We got to get into a fight. And so, like, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I just want to, like, get into taxis and avoid as much of this as possible because it, it feels too regular for my liking. And Dang. Yeah, it, it's funny because... It, Are there any items you could get to, like, reduce 
random encounters or i mean you can kind of avoid it by just using taxis but the areas where you can't like there are dungeons that you go through as part of the story and those are super boring as well like it's a lot of like dark corridors where there's really not Mm -hmm. that much going on and there's a ton of people to fight and like yeah there are paths you can take and you can find some items and stuff but it feels very straightforward yeah uh, imagine it's like yeah infiltrating like the enemy clan HQs you do in a lot of the games it's exactly it's just kind of like i know i could picture exactly my mind what the dungeons will look like now it's exactly (laughs) like that brad but i would say because of the turn-based combat it feels longer so it's Mm. it's sort of like when you're infiltrating clan headquarters in old games but i would say because of the change of combat system it feels even slower and that that can definitely make the game drag and i think it comes across in the the storytelling as well where like there are just things that it does like to give you an example it was like hey before you can continue on you need to just get more money and i was like okay well i guess i'll just grind out this money before i can continue on with the story and there, there are just moments like that where it feels like we could have cut out some steps here or like by running all the way over here, like it, things didn't really advance that much. I think I think just the the pacing could be tighter, mm-hmm, uh, sure. In, in some ways, and I, I think it's something that Yakuza has struggled with before. But I think yeah. the combat exacerbates it a little bit, for sure. But I don't I don't want to like those are criticisms that I have. But I'm still having a great time. I, I think the story so sure, far yeah. has been. Really excellent. I do care about the characters. I'm curious and excited to see where things go. Um, I think the amount of side stuff... There's so much stuff I haven't talked about even when it comes to side stuff that, like, there's this whole property management thing that has its own storyline that's super fun. Oh, man. (laughs) And actually, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, There's so much to dig into. It 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 is a meaty game, and I would say a lot of that stuff is handled super well. Uh, I'm curious to see, I think the shift to the turn-based combat has been interesting and I'm excited to see how they would, they refine it going forward for sure. If Yakuza 8 comes out in Japan, are we going to call it Yakuza 8 here or are we just dropping numbers now for the, for the future? I wonder, I think there's different ways (laughs) that you could go. You could just do subtitles kind of as you suggested, or you could do like, yakuza like a dragon 2 or something yeah yeah or they could just skip the number and just go to the next one drop like final fantasy did here yeah oh yeah interesting but hyped man yeah yeah this I feels want. like the, especially to us this feels like the the must-have series x game Mm-hmm. Yeah, like definitely. I can't think of anything more appealing to us than this one at least big get microsoft yeah, big, big get, get. yeah i i think um especially if this is your first yakuza i think you're in for a really good time um i think especially with the the total change in storyline the the change in a brand new character the change in the combat system i think part of me was expecting more to feel different than it does not that there isn't a lot of differences but i think uh like just the way people talk to each other, the way cutscenes play out, the way you navigate the city, a lot of it does feel very familiar. And that is not necessarily a bad thing by any means. But 
I, I think there is a small part of me that was hoping this would feel like more of a jump than it does. Mm. It definitely does in some ways feel like a jump, but I, I think I was hoping for, for more of one than we necessarily got here. But it's, it's really good. Fair. I'm excited to see how the story wraps up. Does it feel more different to the series than Judgment did? <coughs> or is it like kind of on the same lines? Because like Judgment felt really similar, but also like a little different because of the... That's a good right. That's a good question. I would say kind of I don't know. I would say it it practically it probably feels more different than Judgment did because because the combat is just so different. Um I think the thing that is making that conversation a little bit more muddled for me is <clears throat> Kasuga is very much tied up in the Yakuza world, right? And so that that feels a little bit more familiar. But um, nice. I would say, I would say this feels more different because of cool. of of the the larger focus on like its core cast of characters, the combat, that sort of thing. Uh, it feels it feels a little bit more different. But and and I think some of the things that Judgment did didn't really pan out. Like some of that like investigative stuff wasn't as cool <laughs> mm-hmm. as it could have been. So I, I think the things that this game does do differently, I think maybe it does it a little bit more successfully. Nice. Yeah. I'm really excited. Like I, I haven't touched on the story at all. Uh, I haven't gotten into the characters or why I like them. I don't want to on purpose, right? I want to keep that stuff fresh uh, for Dude, you guys. For that movie theater, man. <laughs> Huber, you're gonna request. love the movie theater because i'm doing uh I'm doing best theaters again I yeah love, i love best that's theaters. gonna go right on the list yeah yep right nice. on there hell yeah man it might be nice. like my favorite video game theater last of us part two though really good theater yeah but i mean like movie theater versus theater right this is this is this is about being a movie theater yeah that's sick yeah yeah, yeah. I, so I really want, like, as soon as you guys get into this story, I can't wait to talk to you about it. But yes. Yeah. Brad. Day one. Mm. I'm going to give you the best tacky today. Oh. Boom. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, and I want you to give me opinions on video game controllers. Opinions on video game controllers? Yeah. So I want, so you, you can. All right. You got it? Yeah, All right, here you we got go. A combo Blunt, up. strong. Fuck the Duke controller. I Fuck hate it. You. Why do you hate it's it? It's way too big, man. It's unnecessary. What is that, for a gorilla dude? Yeah. I'm talking Wait, humans here. Controller? The original Xbox controller. The got fat dude. That. And fuck the Wii U gamepad. I hate that thing. Why that do you thing hate it? sucks ass. Why do you hate it? Again, another... Uh, like You're holding like... Like, I think as big as a book, and you're trying to, like, play a game on it. Like, that was their intended way for you to play that. And like, oh, if you want to use a controller that you could actually like, you got to buy the Pro Controller, pay $70. I feel no. like, and not satisfying pushing the Wii U gamepad buttons. True. They not feel, good. like, light. The battery life don't feel is good. also terrible. And the screen felt cheap on it. Yeah. It's just disaster. Um, All right. I'm going to I'm gonna throw in a challenge, however. All right. Let me hear uh, it. So you, you, you're, you've been focusing on the past, which is totally fair game with the best talk. I want you to give me a, a strong 
opinion on contemporary controllers, either you know next gen or current gen. Okay, uh, I still hate the D pad on the Xbox. Yeah, I haven't held a Series X D pad, but I despise the D pad on these games. I have. I'm getting to and the I point where I'm using the analog stick in like 2D games. Because I hate yeah. the D-pad so yeah. much. And that is like a cardinal sin for me. Yeah. Like playing a 2D game like that, I'm like, I want to use the D-pad. I do think the like elite D-pad is much, much better. And I use that thing all the time. I have not but used that. that so I don't you know, know, that's a must be nice category yeah. for sure. Well, we'll see what the new one. I hope it's, I know it's different. So I'm hoping it's good. Yeah. Does the Series X come with an elite controller? No, it comes with, uh, a, no. comes with a Series X controller. It's, it's like reworked, though. Yeah. Like okay, the D-pad okay. looks more like this so, elite one. I've had a little bit of time playing the Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. you, uh, getting Yakuza footage, and I do think the D-pad is better, but it's been very limited experience. You don't need mm-hmm. the D-pad at all in Yakuza, right? For so, a game like that, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter. But, I'm uh, talking like 2D games. Brief time, it seemed better. Yeah. Uh... I don't know if this is really like a strong opinion or anything like, but I was, when I held the PS5 controller, the DualSense, I was slightly concerned for about a minute, but then, cause it felt bigger than I was used to, mm. held it and I was like, okay, it's kind of big, weird. I was like immediately thinking about like playing a Souls game or something like that, my movement and everything, how it'd feel. And I was like, oh God, oh shit. Played about an hour. Then I was like, oh, this feels really good actually now. Played nice. PS4 controller after that. And I was like, Oh man, my hands feel like almost cramped holding this controller now. Are, do you do you think you could confidently say you like the DualSense more than the DualShock? Yes, one? I oh. do. I do like it. As someone who's hopped back and forth between them quite frequently now, <clears throat> I much prefer the DualSense. Uh, my my DualSense shipped like last mm-hmm. week, and I, it's so weird having a controller for a next gen system, but not know, having dude. a next gen system. <laughs> Can you use it on PC? I think Have you can. You I, haven't, I haven't tried that yet. Okay, I've, but you just got a controller. I've been focused on Yakuza, but yeah, I just have this controller ready yeah. and waiting to play Devil yeah, May Cry what do 5. You, what do you think about it Like when you've held it? Uh, holding it right now, it I I like when my controllers have a little bit of heft. I, mm-hmm. I, having Not having like the rumble pack in the N64 controller always bothered me. I always hated that feeling. It was too light. Sure, it's needed the rumble light. pack. I really like the heft. I do agree, Brad, that my hands feel a little bit farther apart than I was they expecting. Do, yeah. But yeah. that might I might go through the same thing that you did. I definitely think once you like hop into Devil May Cry eventually, Ben, and yeah. you spend like mm-hmm. an hour, you're gonna be like, okay, this feels good. Yeah, let's hope so. Need precise controls. I liked the back of the Series X controller. It was like rough. Mm. It's kind of like, oh, it has like a grip on it, kind of. It has like a grip. Same thing with you, Brad. I was like a little nervous. I was like, this feels kind of weird. And then after a bit, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, comfy. Locked in. Yeah, locked in with it. Uh, Last thing Game Controller is really weird, but I like (laughs) it. Feels good. What's the best part of the Game Controller, in your opinion? I think these, like, where my hands wrap around where, like, the handles Mm. feel really comfy. For some reason, I'm not sure. It's something about how that controller's design just felt comfy to hold. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I feel like your your hands just the, the way they just slide into those triggers and the, how yeah, satisfying feels, those triggers are. Yeah, very. Like I don't like, I don't know about natural. Spring is action. the right word. Yeah. yeah, but it felt like just comfortable. Like it felt natural to hold, even though it's probably not. But it did. 
Uh, also, the I love that giant stupid A button as well. Love that A button. It's so weird, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I like the Z or the X and Y button are kind of weird to me. Yeah, and the B button's like weird, but the, <laughs> the A button is fun to push. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still to this day get the X and the Y confused. Sometimes I have to look. Well, it's because it's like, you know, you get used to Microsoft's layout, then you switch to, like, Nintendo, and, like, their X and Y are, like, flipped. It's like they're so close, but slightly different enough. Yeah. No, I've been running into that a lot lately, where I feel like so many games I'm playing, the run button is different everywhere, and it's just been... Yeah. It's just been bad. It's been bad. Uh, But Brad, thank you for diving into that best take. Um, we have this best talk is brought to you by some wonderful shout out to your patrons. If you'd like to find out more, go to patreon.com slash easy allies. Um, and I figured since this will be the last frame trap before next gen, we have mm-hmm. to give these shout outs, all of our next gen hype, all of our, our excitement. We have to give them a next gen level shout out. So I'm going to read all these names and then give me that enthusiasm when you shout them out. All right, shout out to El Thanis, Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, and Nick. Shout out! Shout out! What? I'm probably going to have to turn that down in Premiere. <clears throat> you asked for it. I did ask for yeah. it. It's true. Uh, thank you again to all of our shout out to your patrons. Um, Huber. Yo. Talk to me about the Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope. What a mouthful. Oh, yeah. So fun, dude. Really? So fun. I've been seeing, I haven't played it myself, but I've been seeing uh, negative, well, kind of down reviews for it, I guess I would say. Um, Definitely played it in the best possible setting during COVID times. You can do two-player online. So we streamed it. We did a full playthrough on twitch.tv slash easyallies, Ian Hink and myself really really fun way to play the game you know during cutscenes, you're watching along with the chat it's a really fun time yeah so you can do two players online or five players locally which is not happening um but it, it kind of changed the vibe of the game where if you play with five people you have ownership of your one character mm-hmm. you know because like that's your character right but because ian and i were both playing together we were in charge of the whole group. Mm. So it was like this mother hen vibe of like, yeah, we're taking care of these people. Let's let's get out of here. So sorry, <laughs> you, both both you and Ian were in control of the entire group simultaneously. Yeah, it uh, it you bounce around. You're constantly bouncing around. And you it'll just say it'll just say, okay, Huber, now you're in, or Ian, now you're in. Is that how it did it? So you both play at the same time. Oh, yeah. So even like it's wild, man. Like sometimes. You're playing at the same time in two completely separate locations. Okay. And the way and it works. It it seems like it's hard to sync up. Maybe there were a couple weird transitions when, here and there. When you're doing that, is it like a split screen perspective? And nope. oh, no. So we had to tell each other like what was going oh, on. That's what, really cool. What they see. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, sometimes I would see like these really big story revelations uh, that I would have to you know I'd come back and be like, no, Ian, like this person saw this so i don't trust this so it's like that communication was really fun um and of course the environment you are like north where are you again it's like in salem around salem like new england Mm -hmm. area 
um, all about the witches, like Salem witch trials. And the atmosphere is really, really good, but the, like, nothing is really scary in this one. Mm. So maybe, like, the, the criticisms I could totally get that want a horror game to be scary, sure. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't very scary, Ben. I, I I don't think, like, Until Dawn is super scary either. Yeah. I think foreboding yeah well it just there's a menace i think what made until dawn work is it had the right combination of of vibes where like it sort of leaned into how stereotypical some of its characters were like it it seemed like it was having fun with itself Mm -hmm. and i think i don't think man of medan really had that same vibe to it which is okay i don't think everything needs to be campy or goofy or self-aware but it just felt a little flatter as a result like it just wasn't as distinct or interesting like Mm -hmm. do do you think that the story here really sells itself or or is like forget it not being scary like is it interesting is it the story was the weakest part i think like i love the setting and the 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 tone and and what it's about like witches Mm -hmm. i love that the characters just weren't that great and no spoilers, but like I would love this game if it weren't for the ending. <coughs> the ending was terrible. Oh, garbage ending. Jeez. Garbage. <laughs> oh. Man of Medan had like a bunch of different ones. This variations of pretty much the same ending. Not good. Not good. Amateur ending. So Amateur. The, the way that you're describing this to me, yeah. I feel like if I played it by myself, I would hate it. Like, I feel like you have to play it with somebody that you know very well that you could have For fun sure. with. Like, it feels like the experience of being with your friend is yeah. better than the game itself. I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't want, really want to play on my own, I don't think. Um, after we did the stream of Man of Medan, I, I, I meant to go back on my own and go through it that way. Mm. I just never did, but I wanted to. This one, I'm nah. good. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. It's pretty short. It's like four or five hours. We got through it all. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending was just such a dif- disappointment. It's like that reviewer's tilt, man, where right. it's just like the ending is good. And then it's like, okay, this game rules. Or like this one thing just brought it down as that fork in the road of, you know, quality going up or down. Well, and I, I feel like that is a it's not like these games have super deep mechanics or or mm-hmm. tons of exploration or whatever like they they really are about the stories the characters and how your choices play into things and it sounds like it it sucks at all of those and so i'm i'm struggling to see the you know you said you liked the the atmosphere but beyond yeah. that it seems like some core tenets are pretty rough yeah, just again, they, they played it in the best possible way. You know, it's almost like a movie night. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I think that's even the name of the mode is movie night mode where you play online with a buddy and it's like streaming this. It's like we're all basically doing a choose your own adventure horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. which is so fun. So, so fun. So I would recommend it even with the bad ending. I would recommend playing it with if as a group if you can mm-hmm. i think there's still value there the high stakes 
quick time events where if you fail, your character is going to die mm-hmm. is exhilarating still. They made them way easier, though. I see. Oh. Like, way easier. So you guys, did you guys have anybody die? Yes. You'll have to ask Ian about that. <laughs> really, really great story. I don't want to spoil it. Watch the stream. Called out. Quality. Yeah. No, it was not his fault, really. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I get, eh, <laughs> Some fun stuff. Okay. It's a fun stream. Do, do you like it more or less than Man of Medan? Because I, I feel like my own experience, I, I feel like I don't think super fondly of Man of Medan. I th- it was just whatever. Yeah, I. At its core, I do. But just because of. Like knowing the behind the scenes of the choices to the endings, I think I might even like it less. Mm. Like the Man of Medan endings, like very pretty wild. Mm. There was there was quite a di- like a different vibe throughout uh, with each of those endings, and this is like one thing. It's like the th- the thing. The ending is the thing, and I just I didn't mm. like that. But wandering around is really fun. You know, it's like Silent Hill vibes, dude. Like foggy woods everywhere, rustling in the bushes. What the hell is that? You know, the threat of death and the the high stakes quick time events that will kill you if you fail add to the tension. So there's some redeeming stuff in there. But I would say as part two of this anthology, it should have greatly surpassed man of medan like we should be on the uphill man of medan should have been like the 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 prototype for what's to come and this it doesn't feel like a step up Mm. Hmm. how many parts in this anthology are there supposed to be originally i think there were going to be eight but now it's down to four okay yeah boy eight is ambitious yeah that's a lot yeah Yeah. i hope they i know it's four now i hope i hope they all come out um has your has your excitement for the anthology kind of lessened a little bit a little bit because this was the one that i was really hyped on you know will porter in there from uh like bandersnatch cool actor i really like bandersnatch a lot yeah just a cool vibe of a game you know you're you're in witch witch trials you know did the the, so the setting facial animations did, did they fall into that uncanny valley territory for you at all? No, I think they looked good. We played okay. on Steam. Okay. And they looked good. I liked them. Okay. I liked them. And it's just really fun when you are controlling a character and your friend is controlling a character and you're having a conversation and you both can pick dialogues yeah. for each character. Yeah. Just yeah, fun. fun. I, I love like, that idea of, of yeah. playing together and having to use information that only you have. Like, that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, you know, I can be, cr- I'm critical of it. Right. But it's still offering something that there's not a lot of. So I still think there's value here. I just was expecting it to be better. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. How much are these chapters? Because I think really that in this Money? instance, that does kind of matter quite a bit i hope it's not 25 okay i think it's 20 or 20 or 25 brad uh there was a mm-hmm. there was a sekiro patch tell me about it oh yeah so they added some new features in this game they added kind of the system where you could like leave messages behind mm. 
stuff like that. Some stuff you might be familiar from their past works. Yeah. But the like the most substantial thing is this kind of their past works. What? Uh... Oh yeah, these games. You know, like Demon <laughs> Souls. I don't I'm, know. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. But uh, the most substantial thing they've added is this kind of these boss gauntlets that you can tackle. Mm. So these boss gauntlets, you can get rewards, mainly new cosmetics, like new outfits for your character, which is kind of substantial since there wasn't any in the original game. Yeah. You're always just kind of looking the same, but now you get different outfits. There's, I think, four or five in total. I've only beaten two so far. Mm. But for example, the first gauntlet was three bosses. But what's interesting about this, Ben, also is the bosses have some new moves. Ooh. Okay. Brand new moves that really caught me off guard fighting them. So cool. I was like, wait, what a sec. Wait a minute. What is this? I want to go back um, to the, to the outfits that you unlock. Like Mm -hmm. what, what, how, how different are they? I guess from the default appearance. Pretty substantially different. I guess they're very lore related items. Okay. Like one of like the first one you get, you just get it automatically is the carpenter guy who like made your arm. It's like his outfit from the past mm. when when so, he was like a ninja, stuff like that. Sick. Can you tell me right now, Lady Butterfly new moves? Uh, I don't know about her. Okay. There might be, but I don't. Nothing me. really stuck out in my mind. Rob was like, "Oh shit." Okay, okay. I, I feel like uh, they could have just done like a very straightforward kind of boss rush, but the fact that they're adding stuff to it is is really awesome. Mm-hmm. I, it's one of those things where on one hand, it sounds really exciting. The other hand, I'm like, man, doing these bosses just individually was so tough. Yeah. Doing them back to back. Which, th- that's a fun challenge. Like, I, I'm, yeah. It's not even a knock Especially it. diving right into right, it, Ben, right. without, no like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Just, I, I hopped back into it and I hadn't played it in a long time. <laughs> right. I was like, oh my god. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah. But for the first challenge, too, I, you also get a brand new weapon art, which is, like, a really cool one. Yeah. So, the, the last boss of the first gauntlet is genichiro mm. like the first phase of him and he uses this weapon art actually on you in combat and you get his weapon art after it sweet so that's one example of a new thing but one thing that really caught me off guard is the lightning attack he does you know he hits you the lightning you can hit him back yeah but he hits it back on you again i see so then you have to hit it back again <laughs> nice. oh shit just quick little like tweaks where i was like oh my god because like i've done that fight a lot in my life and like you're kind of used to the same when it throws you. For, they just do a small tweak. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. It like throws the whole thing off. So wait, how do you access these? You said there's just so I think total? you have to have beaten the last boss of the game. Hmm. Okay. And you just rest at an idol and you could just select it from there. And when you beat one, do you unlock? So there's another I think one. There's or? three right off the bat. And when you beat all three, you unlock a fourth one. Nice. And secrets. I think so like the first one I think has three, then it goes four next, then five after that. And I think the last one has like maybe all the bosses. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh Shit. so the, the outfits and like the new weapon or that you get for doing this, I'm assuming you can take that over into the main game. Yeah, I believe you can. Okay. Like, I mean you can still play the game. I haven't started a new game yet to see if I Oh, they had a new game plus too, right, Brad? I mean there's been new game plus forever. That was like a while ago, right? There was I mean, yeah, New Game Plus was in there since the beginning of the game. Oh shit. 
I think you're thinking no. of like Tsushima or something, maybe. maybe yeah, that's it. Later. Totally. I'm thinking of Tsushima. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming I know the answer to this, but with these boss rushes, I mean, you can't you can't die at all. No, you can die. Like, so when you beat a boss, you can rest and you get all your stuff back, which is great. Mm. You know, all your spirit emblems and your healing gourd. But like, you know, you die. It's over. Sure. You got to start over. Yeah. So it's been like, for me, I really love that game and I just love the combat. It's almost turned into this thing for me of when I was playing Hades where I was like, oh, I'll just do a quick run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to do a run right now. Nice. So I'm like, I'm going to do a run of this boss rush, you know, because it could take a while. Some of these fights, especially they have new moves, like one of them had like the the father owl fight, the second one. And like, man, he did some new shit that really threw me for a loop where I was like, God damn. Brad, I, I love this, and it's something that we've we've mentioned before, but I think one of the, the best things about our current, the time that we're in in video games is, like, there, there always feels like there's a new reason to check in, and it's mm-hmm. like, like, I have so much to play, but you're, this sounds so interesting and so cool, and I love this game so much that I love that there's new, you know, some new stuff, some new the way that they're presenting it is new and exciting and interesting. And it's just like, yeah, man, yeah. Let, let me just re-download it for a weekend. And yeah. That, and that's so like, exciting, I think. You could also fight every boss if you want. You could just pick a random, like, a boss. When you're a favorite boss, you're like, oh, I just want to fight this boss right now. You can just fight him if you want. You're like, oh, nice. I love this boss. So I imagine that's the whole game. good for practicing the boss rush. Sure, yeah. Right? If you want to practice, yeah. like... Well, see, the thing is, like, the new forms of these bosses, their new abilities, you can't... Right. As far as I'm aware, you can't practice these ones. Right. Like, you have to get there. I mean, are the, these new forms that you're talking about, are they are they so different that you really have no idea? There's, like, there? there's a couple moves, but a couple moves in this game can right. really throw things, you know, like, can really mess you up if you're not careful. Dude, I want Lady Butterfly to do substitution jutsu. <laughs> wood drops yeah like... <laughs> uh one thing that's helped though too is i've been playing this on ps5 and this game runs at 60 on ps5 so it's like a nice mm. new like me coming back to this with 60 mm. frames and like these new bosses it's been really nice that's a victory lap right there yeah that's what that I'm is just like oh that's, this is that's, great that's yeah. joy riding with the top down yeah right there that's yeah that it's is. great <laughs> so yeah it's like a very tiny yeah like it's definitely not something for everybody like for a lot of people it's not a reason to come back to the game mm. But to me, it's just like a fun little update. It's totally free also, so... Huber, I know I know you had this recently with Dark Souls 2, and I, I do think the Souls series is uh, good for this, where when you revisit them, I feel like you either appreciate new things about them or you appreciate old things in a deeper way. Uh, are you getting that at all, revisiting Sekiro, where like, you have even more of oh an for its combat? Dude, oh, when I was playing this game, I was like... Hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, damn straight, this won our game of the year. Mm. This game is incredible. Like, yeah. it's just, like, when I think about this game, like, I feel so happy of where it, how it turned out. And, like, my like when I gave it as a score review, I still feel very good about that. You know, sometimes you review stuff and you may look back later and you're like, oh, I wish I did this, maybe. Maybe wish I changed this a little bit. Yeah. But I still, like, feel really great about it. I feel great that it was our game of the year still. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, I want to play through this game again. I want to start a new game, just play through it. Yeah, Brad, it's I like that you're saying that because I feel like um with Bloodborne, that is a game that rightfully, I, I feel like in my opinion, everybody universally kind of rallies around. And I feel mm-hmm. like there were there there are a good number of people who just didn't click with Sekiro, and I think that is totally fine. Right. I have oh, no yeah, problem with that. Totally. But I am definitely in the camp of this is one of my favorite from games. I love it. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. my favorite games ever yeah. of all time. Yeah. I, that's like Brad, dude. The fact that it's sixty frames now it is like mm-hmm. this is the launch game now. I'm yeah. like booting this up. Yeah, dude. Night one. PS5 right. bosses PS5 just to see how it runs. Yeah, 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 just to see how it goes. Yeah, it's really nice. Man, I let's do some Makiri counters. Oh, that's so good. That playthrough that I did of, of Sekiro last year, like I'm just thinking back Cody. on that nostalgically. Like I was, I was fucking obsessed with that game. I could, mm-hmm. You couldn't pull me away from it. Mm-hmm. I love that feeling. Oh, it's so good. Best feeling. Um, speaking of things that have been very difficult to pull me away from, I've been playing a disgusting amount of Dead by Daylight. Uh, yeah yeah. i'm well aware of this yeah i'm i'm really excited to talk about this game um because i i think i'm finally at a point where it's it's i wouldn't i'm not gonna say i'm an expert but i think i've just been playing so much and consuming so much dead by daylight content where i feel like i i I now have a, a, a more advanced understanding of the game um and i love this game I really do. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it has a fair number of problems, uh, but I haven't been this interested in a multiplayer-only game in a long time. Like I, I feel like I kind of go in fits and starts with different multiplayer-only ones, but I've kind of stuck to this one um, in a way that I I wasn't expecting, and I think it's because of how it's designed. Where I think at its at its base, it's so simple. Like if you play as a survivor. You need to do generators. You need mm-hmm. to pass the skill checks. You need to open the door. You need to escape. You play a killer. You need to run around, make sure people aren't getting generators done, and you need to kill them and put them on hooks. Like that is super oversimplifying it. But I think the reason why when we do streams of this game together as easy allies, I think the reason why they're so successful is because I think that core is so easy to understand. You don't have to know everything about perks. You don't have to know about how everything interacts with everything else. There is just kind of the simplicity to it that makes it easy to dive into and to have fun with. And there's so much natural tension and excitement there. Like when somebody fails a skill check on a gen, you're like, oh God, is the killer coming? Or, uh, you know, being a survivor and and successfully running a killer around and then escaping from them. Like there's just, that stuff is so great. And I think the more that you get into it, how different the matches feel like I pretty much just play survivor and there's so many interesting variables. Like the map can change everything who the killer is can change everything because they're so different and, and how they get things done. Um, your teammates can vary so dramatically what they bring into the game versus like the perks that they selected, the items that they bring in, how they play where like every time I'm queuing in a match, it feels different than the last one. Uh, in a really, really, really cool way. And yeah, I just love it. I, I've been in kind of a, a horror movie mode, and I think that mm-hmm. is what kicked off my interest in this game. But the reason why I'm staying with it, I think, is is a lot uh, deeper than that. Uh, ben, when I think about this game, one thing I like about it is with games like this, I always think the role of maybe the monster yeah. or the killer is the most fun. Yeah. But I actually think the survivor role is really fun, too, in this game. Yeah. Um, I think you're you're absolutely right, Brad, because I, <laughs> I think sometimes when you have kind of these asymmetrical games where, you know, somebody's quote unquote the monster, the whole idea is that they're so much stronger than you. 
Mm-hmm. And I think when I was originally playing Dead by Daylight and kind of in my very early stages, I was like, okay, this is a game about hiding from the killer. And the more that you play it, it's not. It's 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 not really a game where you hide from the killer. It's a game where you as a team have to effectively distract the killer enough that you can get objectives done. Like getting good at engaging with and running away from the killer uh, is is vital because just sitting around and hiding, you're not getting anything done. And so it's a very mm-hmm. active game. And I think that's why, Brad, when you're like, man, it's, it's just as much fun being a survivor. I think that's what it comes down to is, yeah, you can hide in lockers. Yeah, you can crouch and sneak around. But the more you play, the more you're like, well, I have to spend a lot of time not doing that. And so there's so much time running. There's so much time, you know, going and getting somebody off of a hook or healing them or throwing a pallet down. Like you feel very active and capable mm-hmm. as a survivor. And I think that that is a huge part of its success. One thing also that I that has lasted with me so far still is like every time I play this game, I still get this feeling is this sense of anxiety yeah. from this game. Like no matter how many times I've played this game, when the killer is around me and I'm just some normal person, like a survivor, I get nervous. Yeah. Still. Yeah, man. Oh. The, like sound starts getting yeah. more intense. The, the heartbeat. Closer the, usually. The, the yeah. heartbeat yeah. How, how, it, how it gets faster. Yeah, it's still really effective. And I think um, the way some of the killers are designed too really plays into that. So there was one time I was doing a generator with a teammate and <clears throat> Michael Myers' ability is he he stalks and he just kind of has to basically keep you in line of sight and he can get more powerful. He was just stalking like right next to us and I didn't notice it and I panned the camera around and I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it felt <laughs> true to the character of Michael Myers, you know, those so shots sad. where he's just standing there. And um, there, there's so many moments like that. Like there's the, the wraith can go invisible and just kind of pop up. Um, the hag. Uh, so the hag is a killer that can leave these runes around. And, uh, you know, a lot of times like a hag will leave a rune by somebody that they've hooked. And so you'll go to where they're hooked and it'll trigger like a trap and they'll literally pop out of the ground and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Brad, I, I think that that suspense and terror uh definitely comes into play in a really cool way yeah man and like you're saying just all the killers feel so different yeah like i haven't spent a ton of time with this game but every time i've played it and i play a different killer they they feel substantially different how you go about trying to kill people essentially i think adding the horror icons like legitimized oh my god i think that helped a lot like a whole nother level. Like I look, like I look at it so much differently now that there's so many mm-hmm. of these icons in there. You got Pyramid Head and Michael Myers and Ghostface, and yeah, it's just like this celebration of the genre. But what's great about that is the the original characters they don't feel mm-hmm. any less important or special. That's compared true. to these killers, right? That's totally. exactly what I want to say. So I think you're you're both right. Where uh, I I definitely think that was a because I was in a horror movie mode, I was like, oh, I definitely, like, when I play Killer, I want to play Michael Myers. Like, it definitely got me on the hook that way, sort of like a, a Mortal Kombat guest character. Uh, but I the, the, the original characters, in terms of mechanics, feel just as interesting, if not more interesting, than a lot of the, the horror movie icons. And I think I would be bummed if... Like it was always Leatherface or it was always Michael Myers or always mm-hmm. this character. But when you queue up, I feel like it's a good chance of being almost anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And the the 
the original characters don't feel less interesting than the horror icons and vice versa. Right. Like, and I, another thing that this game does that I think is really cool um, is there are some killers that are quote unquote, not considered great, but I still think are just mechanically pretty interesting. So the pig from saw what she can do is she can put a reverse bear trap on your head and then you have to run around the map and go to these, these, these boxes basically and try to get the trap off your head before it explodes. And you're like, this feels perfectly in line with saw. It's a great distillation of this character and the traps. Like this character isn't considered very good, but I think that mechanic is kind of cool and interesting and just way different than what a lot of all the other killers are doing. That's fun. This game's been out for a while too. 2016. Yeah, wow, I think it was, was the years. first year that it came in. And like, I've dabbled with it before this year for sure, but this is the first year that I've like gone in, gone off the deep end yeah, with it. took the deep dive, yeah. And I love, Brad, that you're totally right. Like this is, this is by no means a new game and that its pull has been so strong mm-hmm. that I've been able to get into it and, and look forward to playing it every day despite the fact that it's years old. I think that... Yeah, speaks, speaks well for its quality, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, speaking of great games, mm. did you finish Ori and the Will of the Wisps? I sure did. Nice. I finally got to do my playthrough of it. Yo, it's been on the back burner for a long time. You know, I love Metroidvania, so. No right brainer. So. Who? Uh, so. Cody? I think it's one of the best games I've played this year. Yep. I'd say I, agree. I agree with that. I played the, the original Ori not too long ago, actually, for the first time. I think it was like last year, maybe I went through it or the year before that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is great. But there's some things I don't like about it. And I think could use work like sure. the combat. I, oh. I didn't really enjoy the combat in the first game. What what contributed to that feeling? It's just like. I remember the combat in the game was just kind of like you mashing the X button, like shooting stuff at guys. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, I guess. But I prefer more like more variation you could do in it, I guess. Mm. And this just more options, I guess. And this game kind of answered that for me, Ben. Like there's way more weapons you can mess around with. Yeah. Like gone is like those little things you're shooting now. Like the first weapon you start with is like a long sword almost, which is cool. But then I got a giant hammer. Yeah, the hammer. And I was like. Oh yeah, this is good. Not only is it awesome just because it's a huge hammer, but it also like can stun enemies because it's such like a huge blow to them, you know? Yeah. But what I like about it, Brad, is it it feels powerful to use, but it also has significant drawbacks. Like its oh, speed and the way that it swings can really mess you up if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And I, I be, because of that, I think kind of extrapolating that out to all of will of the wisp i think will of the wisp has like a really excellent difficulty curve and and, yeah. and like always pushes back uh yeah just it does yeah it eases you in a really nice pace like from where you start the game to where you end up it's like night and day of what you can do and what the game's throwing at you yeah but like man obviously one of the biggest strengths of this series is its presentation <laughs> it's the music yeah is like fantastic the art is superb yeah like, for a game where you're, like, some weird, goofy... I don't even know what the hell you are in this. You're, like, some weird, like, rodent almost. Some weird, goofy rodent that, yeah. like, lights up. It's like, man, you feel emotion mm-hmm. in these characters who just go, like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you love these characters, yeah. man. I was just, like, 
in the vibe of this game so hard. I felt like Huber when Huber plays games when I was playing this game. I was just soaking up the vibe, man. Just talking to these cool little creatures, some bird guys, some dudes selling maps, which obviously reminded me of Hollow Knight. Mm. Oh, uh, I was like, oh, this is a Hollow Knight nod right here. And I think, I think what's even more impressive about it is it's not just sort of like a, for, a visually beautiful forest all the time. Like, especially as you get later on, you have to go to different areas different of the areas, map and yeah. they all feel just in, just so in terms of color, like just so different. Desert, snow, like the mechanics, yeah. the little area throws, like the, fi- the ice level, there's like ice you got to melt with stuff. Mm-hmm. There's always like, each level kind of introduces like its own little thing like that. Super convenient. Like it is a Metroidvania, but it's super convenient to get around. Yeah. I was never like, man, it's going to take me so long to get back here kind of thing. There's what there's teleportation points and they're just placed in really good areas. I thought where it's like, yeah, you're still going to have to kind of explore and make a little check, but it's not overly dramatic where it feels annoying hmm. to get from one part of map to the other. Was there anything like, new or revolutionary or anything that you'd want to see in metroidvanias from this going forward i think this game so one thing i really like about this game that i also liked about guacamole is there's a lot of platform platform is like heavily involved in this game and i think some of the stuff this game throws at you is pretty crazy yeah it is like obviously you could dash but then you'll be able you'll be able to dash through like enemies attacks then you'll be able to dash through other things so it's just like almost juggling act of you platforming through an area while everything's trying to kill you, but you're trying to like use what they're dishing out at you to try to survive and get to the next part. <clears throat> so, but like we said, or I said earlier, like, yeah, it's really small, starts really nice and easy and just gets crazy near the end. It's one of those games, Brad, where I think when you kind of describe it to people and you're like, Oh, it's just a really good Metroidvania. It sounds less impressive than it actually is. Like, I think this is right. a game that that's the that's what happens with guacamole yeah then. damn it i, I think I, I think it's it's a game that is, is about how well it's crafted not necessarily mm-hmm. like yeah the design of like each yeah. location you go through is great mm-hmm. where you're like you finish a challenge it's you feel good about it when you finish yeah, it but it's do. never really like insane you know it's not like you're playing super meat boy or something like that like at times things can feel like that right but it's not at that level but you still get this great sense of satisfaction one Maybe minor criticism that I have of it is I feel like it it maybe does like the thing chasing after you a few too many yeah. times. Well, the first game I remember was like exclusively that, yeah. where there was like a ton of that. Yeah. At least in this one, you get to actually fight some of them. Now, yes, yes, which is yes, cool. Yes. But yes, Ori, it reminds me of like Resident Evil. You know, the game always ends with something blowing up a sure, countdown sure, and you're sure, running sure. out of somewhere. That's kind of like the Ori yeah. calling card to me now. Yeah, I like it's it's not even that it's not done well, but that you're just like. Wait again? We're running away? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that in the game for sure. But yeah, I had such a delight going through this game. It felt like a very appropriate length. Mm -hmm. It ended at a good time where I was not like, felt a drag, you know? Right. It only took me like 10 hours. I didn't do everything in the game. There's like a ton of side stuff, like side quests you can do. Like here you can rebuild this kind of like town thing almost. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's Hubert bait. You can pay some guy to, like, such bait, kind of do things in this area for you to, like, unlock a new area, stuff like that. So awesome. if you want to put in the time, there's a lot of stuff you can get, a lot of upgrades you could buy to customize how you want to play, all that great stuff that you want from Metroidvania. Yeah, you, you definitely already touched on it, Brad, but uh, I just want to emphasize, really, that, you know, 
not only are these areas that you go to visually different, but how how mechanically different they are where it's like it, it's 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 not like you're just building up this character and then just doing the same things in every area. It's like, okay, this this area specifically, this one tiny section of the game is crafted around this mechanic and then the way that, that it builds off of each other throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And you talked about uh, kind of the platforming and how crazy it is that you 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 end up by the end of the game right talking about this change sequences a benefit of this change sequences is how it makes you put all of your movement to the test and yep. it's just like okay now I'm sipping over here and I'm doing this and I'm bouncing off of this like mm-hmm. it it just feels awesome for sure yeah yeah super rewarding great game it's on Game Pass too if you got it check it out Dude, man. Game Pass man it's right there hey, the gift that keeps on giving Dead by Daylight also on Game Pass there you highly go. recommended. I'm just going to assume everything is on Game Pass in, until someone says the game it's is not. That it's well, the I, other way. I, I ran into that today where I was like, is Yakuza going to be on Game Pass? Okay, no, yeah, no it's, on it's, game not. Pass. it's not. It's not on Game Pass. But it not might yet. be in the future. <laughs> Everything's like, Easy Allies is on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all Game Pass. But this Hotake no! is not talking about Game Pass. Uh, we are going to talk, perhaps predictably, about uh, Next Gen. And uh, Let's hear it, baby. I, I think I've been putting a lot of time into doing the gen that was that big old show. And it's kind of given me an interesting perspective on console launches, uh, especially 2013, looking back at the Xbox One and how kind of like the tumultuous lead up to the Xbox One really had kind of a lasting impact on things. And uh, the messaging surrounding like the PlayStation 4 and Xbox really kind of played into how people were talking about them. And that made me think like, wow, like depending on how things go, I do think a console launch can be, can, can have a huge impact on kind of the legacy and memory of this thing or, or, or you know, the, the uphill battle that it has to climb. And um, obviously things can turn around. I, I think we saw it with PS3, like where the PS3 started versus where it ended was completely different. But um, thinking about the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S slash X, how impactful do you think the launch next week is is going to be in terms of defining these consoles? Hmm. Defining them. I don't know, because this is such a weird year for me, or I guess for gaming in general. Like, everyone is just hungry for game stuff. Right. Like, I feel like they're all going to be sold out everywhere, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Even, like, yeah. regardless of the launch lineup, people are just They're excited. already sold out. Yeah, right. they already are. So it's hard for me to say, like, with Microsoft, they've definitely acquired a lot of new studios so they're they're kind of like building right now it feels like you know right like obviously they were supposed to have halo but it got pushed back which is a big drag but i don't know how much that will matter in a year from now so brad that's actually a question i i i thought about the exact same thing that you just brought up and that's that's a question i have for both of you is I think Microsoft has things in play that will will pay off in in a little while, right? The Bethesda thing, mm-hmm. um, all the suits that they acquired, like these these are things that will have dividends down the line, but ne- don't necessarily as much right now. Nope. Where do do you think that will give Sony a meaningful edge to the point where when those things do start coming into play? Sony will have a bigger lead. Do you think that's complete bullshit? Like, what what do you think? I about think that? from like a perspective, like a perspective, people assume you know Sony has really strong first party, right? Which they do, and so people always expect them to have 
great games. So maybe if someone's thinking about buying one, and Sony is much more still in line with you need to buy a console to play this game. Mm-hmm. You can't play this anywhere else kind of thing. So that could have an effect on it. Uh, I could see down the line, Ben, it like maybe like when, you know, Bethesda's like starts paying off. And if it's not on Sony's console, I could see that having a big favor for Microsoft. Yeah. They're like, hey, man, Starfield or whatever. Here's our next game. It's not can't play on PlayStation. Sorry. Right. I could see that yeah. being a big, a big deal. Yeah, I think we're in the next phase of things. I think the launch, even though it hasn't happened yet, I think the the like everything sold out. Now we're into the next phase of who's getting the games, who's getting the headlines, who's getting the can't miss stuff. So that momentum will carry through and dictate, you know, sure, the, yeah. the course of the next gen war or whatever the hell you want to call it. I think it. that's a really good point, Huber, uh, especially since, you know, so many people have already pre-ordered and so many people have, have not been able to, you know, on the other side of that, been able to pre-order as well. Uh, but this next phase that you're talking about, kind of phase two, uh, how, how long do you expect that to last and how do you envision that playing out? It's like an arms race. It's like, who's going to get the next big exclusive the big must play Mm -hmm. you know ps5 has like ratchet and clank coming but like that's a huge game but i don't know if it's like that mass system seller you know so Mm -hmm. i think well it's got horizon 2 coming horizon 2 is a big one got a war but then you've got then you've got halo on the other side Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be interesting which is i just saw the medium got delayed till next year now so i wonder if they're maybe holding that to kind of go up against ratchet and clank even though it's totally totally different kind of games, yeah, it's, it's still just like an exclusive versus an exclusive. And Ben, like with how Halo Infinite is going to be dealt out of like like a free-to-play model on some things like multiplayer, I assume. I wonder how that will affect things because it's going to be that on PC, I assume, too. Well, bounce, bouncing off Halo, um, there is something a, a couple of frame traps ago we looked at the launch titles for both PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. And just trying to look at those things, I think, as as fairly as possible, I I walked away from that feeling like there. it just feels like there's more exciting things happening on PS5. Like, I'm just more Mm -hmm. excited to play some stuff on there than I am on Xbox Series X in, in a broad sense. And, you know, you mentioned Halo, and what we've seen of Halo has not been... Great, you know, yeah. knock out of the park home run, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't even feel like they have that in their pocket as a like, oh my god, I a safety net, yeah, right. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I don't think the feelings that I'm expressing right are are that uncommon. Uh, and so I wonder if that will have any sort of lasting effect or how powerful <sighs> the the sort of I... can't miss it feeling is right now. I think not having the kiss of death is huge. The kiss of death being the internet meme of handing a used game to someone, you know, like Microsoft is and PlayStation, I feel like are coming in relatively on this. You know, there's obviously a little more excitement, give or take pros and cons to say about pros and cons, but there's no like, ha ha, look at that. I see. Stupid mistake you made. There's no 599 US dollar meme. There's no, no 509 US dollars. Yeah. There, like There's it no could TV have been. Ba- meme. Yeah, it could, it could have been backwards compatibility with Sony, but they've responded with that 
So I think, you know, they don't have any baggage really right now. So it's all just going to be... Yeah, I think, I, think Xbox has, race. I think Xbox has baggage right now on exclusives. Sure. Like, yesterday, I was thinking, cool, Xbox comes out Tuesday. I'm like, nice, so I'm going to get my Xbox. But I was like, wait, what am I going to play on it? What am I going to play on this thing? Right. I'm like, I'm going to buy Yakuza 7, but I have to get through 6 first. So I'm not going to play mm-hmm. that right away. And I was like, oh, man. And I was like, See, I my, don't know. I don't know what I'm yeah. going to play. My PC isn't great and I miss some games. So like perfect opportunity I'm for you to d- catch dipping up. into like Ori and Gears. So like yeah, there's great opportunity. stuff. To so keep some me older busy. games, definitely nothing yeah. on the new front, though, where I'm like, yeah, the medium was my most hyped game besides like Yakuza. And it's like that mm-hmm. got delayed, too. Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm, I'm asking this question sincerely because I, I, I wonder I wonder how much exclusive matter, exclusives matter. And obviously I know that they matter a lot, but I just... Number one thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 obviously they matter a lot, but what I'm trying to say is, like, I wonder if there's enough this year where, like, if you're just a super basic... You just play video games when you can. They're just like a side hobby for you. If you're like, oh man, you know, I'm going to pick up an Xbox. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it doesn't have maybe a ton of strong exclusives, but it has Call of Duty. It has yep. Assassin's Creed. It has Watch Dogs. Like, is that... Because what you're saying, Huber, they're not being a kiss of death. I think that's totally true because you have other things where it's like with Xbox, like not only is it compatible with Xbox One stuff, it's compatible with Xbox 360 stuff, original Xbox stuff, there's Game Pass. Like, I th- There's so much Yeah, there's to a play. ton. Right. Too so much, much you can play. But from like our perspective, at least mine especially, right? It's different when you when you're it's, obligated. We're very to different. Yes, beyond you know the beating pulse. But like, if you you're just yeah. some like, you know, you you're looking to get a new game system. I'm sure you haven't played as many games as we have, so right. there's going to be plenty for you to pick from still. And I feel like there are more holes to fall in than ever. Like, like I said, like Dead by Daylight, that's on Game Pass. You can just <laughs> fall into there's that. There's so many. Yeah, there's so much you can play. It's Destiny like, is on Game Pass now with all of the expansions. How many games are available this gen or this coming gen compared to our current gen? Right, is like kind of staggering, and how much better I think they are too. Um, going back to the the kiss of death thing, I, I agree. I don't think there's anything that we've seen in previous generations with what we have right now going for. I don't think that the baggage is there in the same way. Because of that, do you feel like this generation could go either way or that like both consoles could be relatively equally strong? Yeah, I think mm. they'll start off both pretty pretty equal. Mm. Yeah, I think so. We'll see over the years. I mean, it just depends if like a reason to buy this console. I think exclusives do help a lot, but with the ever-changing landscape of just how Game Pass functions, period that could be a huge changing factor. Like what do you think about like PS3 coming back hard? Right. It's because of its exclusives. Yeah. Like that's why people are buying it and stuff like that. And I wonder if that will hold true. Microsoft is definitely taking the steps to also fill that gap of their, the memes of like no exclusives for them. You know, they don't have any killer first party titles really, but they're looking to repair that. So I don't know. Yeah. Hellblade kind of disappeared off the radar, huh? They've kind Hellblade? Of uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, 2020 is just kind of fucked everything this year, so you know. Mm-hmm. Still that. Yeah, like, it's still going, obviously. If Microsoft 
makes Evil Within 3 with Bethesda. If they make that happen, I'll get an Xbox tattoo. An what? Xbox tattoo? Are you willing to... Right on my neck. Are you 100% serious? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I do feel like with Xbox, though, it is it is lacking when it comes, I think, to... to like The the, ca- the quality of, of exclusives is not there in the same way that it is with PlayStation... But in a way, I don't. I can't really think of too much else that is going against them. Really, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. there there are a few knockout titles away from from being super comparable in that sense. And I do think they're doing some things much better than Sony. We mentioned backwards compatibility. We mentioned yeah. Game Pass, and so yeah, I think I think it. This is exactly how I want a totally. next generation to start, though, where Same. where where you can be optimistic about. Both of these companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, question. Excited for both. So, but uh, Microsoft has acquired a lot of people, a lot of prominent people, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of developers. Where you know these are some of people's favorite games that we're talking, like real heavy hitters. Hypothetically, just shooting the shit here, right? Just for the sake of argument, uh, Microsoft comes out and they say, "Hey, Starfield, we've decided only on Xbox and PC." Elder Scrolls Six, we've decided only on Xbox PC. Do you think that that is a that is a move that excites people? Do you think that move that, that is upsets people? Like, is that a smart both. thing to do? Both. I yeah. Think if it's you don't all have Xbox, three. you'd be so pissed. It's all three combined. <laughs> yeah. It just makes your library look stronger. If it's that. Right. But <sighs> is it the kind of move that makes people pissed, and then they go out and buy an Xbox, or is this a move that makes people pissed, and they're like? Screw you! I'm sticking with my PS5. I'm never as buying an Xbox. As far as Bethesda is concerned, I don't think this will be the straw to break Bethesda fans back. You know, what do you, what do you mean by judging that? off what they've gone through with like Fallout 76 and stuff? Yeah, I'm I'm not even I guess measuring anger towards Bethesda, but that's an issue oh. because I'm I'm measuring anger towards Microsoft. I mean, I don't know. I guess the idea that their games have been on their consoles in the past would hurt for sure. But, you know, people complain, but money talks. Right. Mm-hmm. And it seems like usually that will be a good decision for them financially. It's an annoying move. Annoying as hell. But I respect it. Why do you respect yeah. it? And I disrespect it. It's too, it's, it's everything. Like you were saying, Brad, it's all the emotions. It's everything. Because the name of the game is exclusives. They just spent all this money. Why wouldn't you want to make it exclusive? At the same time, they're all about, you know, the industry I, at, at, as a whole now is, yo, let's all play with each other. Let's all, you know, cross play this, cross play that. Yeah, but. So if you took these celebrated franchises and you held them, like I could see it's really intense, but. Again, just, just playing hypothetically here, I, I think you could still kind of do this for the people messaging that they've, they've kind of got where you could be like, Hey, uh, you know, you can, you can cross play it on PC. You, you can play it there and we're going to have it on game pass day one. Like, like just yeah. hypothetically, you know, having, blow, having yeah. elder scrolls six on game pass could be seen as, as a, you know, like, yeah, you can't play it on PlayStation, but if you're already subscribed to game pass, you have, yeah, it. it's huge. That's, that's an effective huge. move. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, obviously, people it. who don't have a PC capable or an Xbox are going to be pissed if they want to play that game. You know, right. that sucks. Will they do it? But it's business. Will they do it right now, Brad? Will, Will they, they do, do it? it? 
Will they do Will they it? do what? Game Pass or exclusive? Make Bethesda games exclusive to Xbox and PC. I think will they do it? it'll be a case-by-case basis on the game. I think maybe with some games they will do it. Okay. Ben? So Brad says some. I'm really torn. I, I have... I feel like I have reason to believe that they will and that they won't. But... Just the fact of like making Elder Scrolls Six exclusive, like that is a power move to the point where such a flex. Yeah, to the point where where I I guess I would lean yes, especially after the amount of money that they spent. But I I don't know that for certain. And in fact, there's probably information out there that yeah already speaks it's like, to this. What if it's that old chestnut? That old oh well, uh, we have Elder Scrolls for the first year. Yeah, that I could easily that see old that. chestnut. Yeah, that is really yeah. a. a Fucking chestnut. Yeah. That's like oh, something. We got it for a year. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's what, like uh, having your cake and eating it too. Is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. like what uh, I feel like you know Sony kind of does with Square. Hubert, I bet yep. that's exactly yep. what it's going to be. I bet it'll be yeah. a timed exclusive. First year timed on Xbox exclusive. or whatever. First six months, something like that. Because that is that is trying to play every card that you have. We're like, no, mm-hmm. we're not locking it down. If you want to play it on your PS5, you can just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yep. exactly because they kind of did it with Yakuza. They did. Oh, they absolutely they kinda did. did. Yeah. 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 You got to wait to play it on PS5. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shit. You can play it on PS5. Watch out for though. that. On November 10th. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be interesting in a couple of years to see where these Just companies are at. Three. I am. I am fascinated to see where this Bethesda stuff, how that ends up playing out. Yeah, it, it's it's strange too because isn't Ghostwire a PlayStation exclusive console exclusive? That's but they, super, didn't they say no. that they were going to honor? They were going to the, honor the yeah, yes. past deals, Correct. so like Deathloop and stuff like that. Right. That that is my understanding of it anyway. Yeah. But after that, who knows? Are we ready for some emails? Yeah. I'd like to see some more Ghostwire, dude. Same, Huber. I uh, was playing some Evil Within for Jen. That was. Spoiler I alert. saw that, dude. I was doing capture on Steam. Yeah, and you saw me playing <laughs> Evil Within. And I saw you. I captured Evil Within, actually. Really? And it's like, bang, Gray Fox. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, dude. I was playing through the village section. And I was like, I fucking love this game so much. Like, Yes, dude. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, w- I, yes. I want more Tango Horror, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. In any form. Please. Our first email comes in from Morgan. Hello, panel from beautiful Colorado. Innovation frequently takes place in the game industry, and I think, especially with the new generation dawning, there is room for a change in a dark area of games entertainment. I'm speaking, of course, of movie tie-in games. Why can't there be a Hitman-style <laughs> James Bond game, a Rambo game that is a clone of Far Cry? Dare I request a hardcore Henry FPS a la Call of Duty? Can the panel think of any other dream movie game mashups that they would like to see and speculate on the potential for a brighter future for movie tie-in games? Hmm. Kojima Productions Pacific Rim tie-in. That's good. good, It it leads into the events of Pacific Rim 3, Kojima style. So you're like fully like a new way to experience entertainment. Like your playthrough matters when you go see the movie or some (laughs) crazy shit. I'm so into it. Oh my god. That's you like upload your save to the movie theater and it like takes a poll and like <laughs> choices of the audience depend which version you see. <laughs> I but don't now know, I'm just Kojima. bummed that like I can't go to movie theaters. 
Yeah. Yeah. Long way away. Long way away. Um, I don't know, man. I think about like older movies. I still want, I want like a new Indiana Jones game or something, dude. Yeah. Like I miss Indiana Jones. Hopping off that, Brad, like I, I don't even really hate them. In fact, I like them, but I'm kind of disappointed when some of these properties get resurrected, like Predator Friday the 13th. And not that I haven't had fun with those games, but like when they're, when they're multiplayer focused games, I'm just like, oh, I just want like a sweet, yeah. I said this. On something else, I don't remember what it was, but like I want a sweet single player Predator game, yeah, or, mm-hmm. or you know a sweet Friday the Thirteenth where I'm just playing as Jason going through. And the it's campaign. like not all of them have to be crazy AAA quality games, like no. even just like more retro style yeah, games. Yeah, like, definitely. Uh, what was it? The Mummy Demastered Huber? Yeah, so that pretty, related to the movie, right? Like, pretty, you loved that game. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. Like not everything needs to be huge, right? Totally. Great game. Good call, Brad. Love that one. Uh, Way forward. I don't I like don't really know a lot of modern movies, I guess. I like I barely see movies now. Um I always want more Lord of the Rings stuff. Sure. Like, just give me more of that shit. <laughs> give me more of that shit. Yeah. Like give me yeah, like, I feel like, a, I... like a Mandalorian spinoff. I know it's not a movie or something like that. Prequel story, I don't know, some bullshit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really watched any, like, new movies other than some horror last month. Other than that, Mm -hmm. watching TV and gaming. Yeah, I mean... Just Pacific Rim, dude. It'd be such a good video game. I know they did, like, a mobile one, or they did, like, some small, smaller one, but, like, a real effort mech versus kaiju game? Let's go. That seems like a hard task to me. Like, co-op too, dude? Drift compatible? This is uh, so sick. Going to be a little bit of shade, but I wouldn't mind an Avengers alternative. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know. I get that. Yep. Yeah. It would be. It would be okay if like the Avengers game that we have wasn't, you know, the the only interpretation of that. Totally. You want like a Batman style one? I just want the campaign, but longer and even better. More focused. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. get that. Yeah. Um. All right, next email comes in from Robert. He says, no trolling. No trolling. Great way to start a question. Mm -hmm, No trolling. Uh, Robert says, uh, hi, Ben. Hi, allies. I love video games, and I love a lot of different genres, especially fantasy, sci-fi, and survival horror games. Final Fantasy, Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill, and Resident Evil are among my favorite franchises. You're in good company. But there are a lot of high-profile beloved games out there that I'm really not into. And it's not necessarily that I think those games are bad, have bad game design or something, but I cannot stand their art style slash visual style or overall vibes. I'm not trolling. Breath of the Wild looks very unappealing to me. So does The Witcher 3. I don't care about the old or the new God of War, all the Souls games, or Halo. And the first time I saw Cyberpunk 2077, I immediately checked out. Do you have similar feelings about popular franchises, be it a game, movie, or TV series, that are just not appealing to you, mm. although you're usually into its genre? League of Legends is the only game that I actively do not want to play. It's the only <laughs> one. You can put any game in front of me and I'll and I'll play. League of Legends, like I'll try to get out of it. I'll do anything in my power to leave the room. <laughs> And get away. That's funny, That's dude. That's it. I love all genres. I love all art styles. I am not picky. I, I have a... There's like... So many games are great to me, but it's like that last little bit 
that I'm really picky about, that last little bit that makes it the 10 out of 10, you know? For you, it's the ending. uh, (laughs) Usually, yeah. I don't, I can't recall recently around like, ugh, when I just looked at something. I don't know. Huh. I guess Hmm. maybe Battleborn looked weird to me. Yeah. When it came out, I was like, oh, I don't really like the way that looks. But I don't know. Hmm. I when I uh, I was actually when I first saw the Battleborns reboot that they were doing, I was like pretty into the way that it looked. But playing it, I just bounced off of it so hard. I wasn't into anything that it was doing. Right. Um, in terms of like really really big things, I would never say that I like. I would never say that I hated The Witcher, but I think it took me longer than other people to like fully fall in love with it. Like, I think I was always interested and wanted to love it, and I liked it, but to really get captivated by it, I think, sure. took me longer than other people. Did you play 1 and 2 before it? Uh, I played a little bit of 2, and I play, I okay. actually played a little bit of 1 and 2 before 3. Not very much, but a little mm. bit of 1 and 2, um, and then I played 3 and liked it, but then kind of drifted away from it, and played it and drifted away, and then it took me a while to like really get into 3. Latch on to it, And yeah. then once I did, I was like, oh, I, I, you know, it's like the I see it now moment. Like I see, mm-hmm. The aha mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, again, not that I ever really disliked it, but wasn't magical uh, for, for a bit. Hmm. I'll say the newest one was uh, Genshin Impact, maybe. Oh. I have nothing against it. I just knew that I didn't need to play it. I knew what it was, yeah. and I yeah, was fair. like, "Yeah, Hubert." So it's like that, yeah. I don't, I don't need the endless loot with like. Uh, I, I just couldn't. Didn't have time. Didn't have time. I like it a lot, <laughs> and I super don't think you need to play it. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, our last email comes in from Joe. He says, "Hey, allies, uh, this October." I'm playing through the Resident Evil games that I missed over the years, and I just finished Resident Evil 5. I didn't love it, but the over-the-top ending at least made it memorable. Before moving on, I remembered that it had some DLC, which is included with the PS4 version, so I checked it out. I didn't care for Desperate Escape, but Lost in Nightmares was so good, it kind of redeemed the whole package on its own. I can't think of too many instances where everything about the DLC surpassed the base game in terms of quality. Obviously, the Witcher 3 DLC is good, but I'd argue the DLC for the original Borderlands is better than the main campaign. But can you guys think of any other examples where the DLC for the game is markedly better than the base game? Uh, Yeah, to me, I think Dark Souls 2 DLC is better than the main game. Yeah. I really thought the DLC was the way three. better. I feel like the collectively. Crowns? No, yeah, the three crowns, yeah. When you add them all together, I think yeah. they were better than the base game i think um the mass effect 3 citadel dlc is better than the main game hmm. or at least that's what three. i remember i remember liking it a lot yeah <laughs> i love this question i play so much dlc i love dlc coming back to a he, game i just can't think of them right he, now but this is fresh in my mind uh but i think whistleblower might be better than regular outlast <gasps> yes dude such a good call then um, yes Dude, yes. The groom at the end is, oh. so far, probably my favorite Outlast moment. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, Whistleblower is, like, play it on a cold October night. It's the perfect length, <laughs> too. It really is. Yep. It, Couple yeah. hours. Yeah, it's great. Um, Shit, man, DLC. It can be hard when you're on the spot, for sure. Yeah. 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 Can't think of it right now. Which are obviously Blood and Wine and... Hearts of Stone both are the best. Great, yeah. 
the best. The absolute. Oh my best. god! Especially Blood and Wine is like the best. So good. The best. The best. The best of all time. Best DLC of all time. Don't at me. It's like not even. It's not even close. I wouldn't say it's better than the main game, Huber. But I really liked the A Matter of Family DLC for Arkham Knight. Yeah, really good, dude. I love that it's a uh, the prequel, dude. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, dude. and the uh, the Arkham Origins DLC is good too. Cold, 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 cold night or cold, cold yeah, heart. Yeah, cold, cold night. Really cold, cold, cold heart. Cold, cold heart. <laughs> yeah. Nice, dude. Nailing it, Ben. All right, I think that's gonna do it for Frame Trap, everybody. Oh, this is the first Frame Trap uh, where we've we've uh, talked about next gen, so that's kind of momentous. Next like officially next given next gen impressions. I like that. Thank you so much for joining me, Michael Huber, Bradley Ellis. Uh, if you would like to send in an email to Frame Trap, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Again, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Also in the description of the YouTube video. And until next time.